Welcome to another Pro Football Doc podcast. The season is here, and as we discussed, we don't have any guests during the season because there's so much to cover. But we really do have a special guest this week. It's going to be Carson Wentz. We're going to use Carson Wentz as a little case study to discuss a lot of things, update you on the latest news, breaking news with Carson Wentz, what it means, when he might return, but use this to discuss all the misinformation out there about injuries. And uh, in this case is actually fairly interesting to me. I think, unfortunately, the quote, misinformation, misdirection on injuries doesn't come from Carson himself, just the way things are reported and what teams say about him. <coughs> Excuse me there. All right, so let's talk about Carson Wentz a little bit. News just broke this morning that the Colts Carson Wentz to have foot surgery out five to 12 weeks from bringing in coach Frank Reich. Now, we talked about this. There was no video, but last week on last Friday at Outkick, I said he's likely to miss start of the regular season with, with his uh, foot injury and with surgery. And we talk about it, and we even talked about video why. And I think most of those comments are accurate, even though we didn't really have any video to go off of because it's the preseason. It's never going to be perfect. But here's what we try and do here. Uh, let's go to the next uh, link here. Um, you know, we talked about bracing for the news of surgery recovery and starting the season uh, unavailable at least week one. And our timeline then is several weeks into the season, maybe over under of even six weeks. And I think it seems to be accurate. Carson has proven to be a fast healer, hopefully be under. But this weekend on Sunday, it said, Colts, Carson Wentz plans to try rest and rehab his foot injury over the next few days, according to a source. And uh, picking that over immediate surgery. I didn't really buy that. Um, I kind of said no immediate surgery and I wasn't second guessing, but sometimes surgery is the more conservative thing to do and talked about my original thoughts. It, you know, you wait, look, it just didn't make sense. And I talked about it on sports grid and elsewhere uh, this morning where we said, look, it doesn't pass the smell test to say, wait a few days and then get better from surgery or then have surgery. Bones don't heal in a few days. What is a few days in terms of the soreness gonna do for you? So sure enough, um, indeed, right an hour or two after I said and posted some of that, indeed comes news of the surgery for Carson Wentz. And uh, really, um, you know, yes, what we do is speculative. I mean, uh, this other doctor, I don't know him. He's an orthopedist, so I respect him. I wasn't there. I didn't see any video. Heard a pop, and I know some NFL people, so it's probably a sesamoid fracture, time lost in surgery. Like, yeah, that's kind of what I do. Insider knowledge, not insider information, not sources. 
And in this case, it was, I, I won't say 100%, but mostly in the ballpark of right. And uh, I think there are more misinformation to be shared here if you really get after it here. Now, what is being said? A five to 12 week timeline. So we talk about this on the timeline a lot, but five to 12 weeks, that that's the next misinformation that's out there. And, and uh, this misinformation that's out there doesn't, not just me saying it, look at what coach Mike Vrabel says and does here. I'll play you the, the video. Carson Wentz was now going to have to put certain out for the next five to 12 weeks. Five to 12. I know, five to 12. You guys I like your chances weeks. of being right. You guys play them in nine weeks. How much do you kind of keep an eye well, on? Well, that, that falls right in the middle of it, doesn't it? I don't know. I, you know, I mean, they're going to have whatever they're going to do. Um, got a lot of respect for Frank and his foot. Well, suffice it to say, uh, even Coach Rabel finds that funny, 5 to 12. But I find a lot of things funny about the 5 to 12. I mean, what's funny about it, as a doctor, typically you give a timeline that's a little closer in window. Um, and if you really had to be wide because there's a wide variety, five to 12, why would you say five to 12? Isn't it like six to 12 weeks? Those are more common numbers. The reason why I think you're th hearing five weeks is the Colts are trying to indicate that he still could be ready to go for the start of the season. I don't believe he will. I think it's a matter of how much time he misses, not if he misses, how much regular season games he misses. I need an over-under at six weeks. Yeah, I think he might come back at six weeks. Could it be a little bit sooner? It might. I certainly hope it's not longer. But he's going to miss several games, I thought, given the bone excision work that is now needed for uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, my whole point on this is purely – five to 12 weeks just doesn't seem realistic in terms of a timeline. Um, it's more of a cover yourself. It's a wide range, but also it leaves open the possibility of week one. So what do they say here? It's an old injury, possibly from high school, twinge in his foot, broken bone. And that's interesting. Um, I don't believe at all that the Colts the injury was hidden from the Colts. Uh, they have access to electronic medical records that the, the Eagles had. Very hard to hide. If it was a high school injury, heck, the Colts got to look at Carson Wentz at combines. I mean, I don't think that there's anything there because of EMR. I don't think the uh, Eagles hit anything. And if anything, the, if the Eagles were hiding something, they didn't negotiate a very trade because if he doesn't play 75% of the time, it, it's a second-round pick. He needs to play 75% of the snaps or 70% of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs in order to get that first-round pick. Now, 75% of a 16-game season, you do the math, um, you know, five games – and it's down to a second round pick. So in the end, and I'm not being a conspiracy theorist, if Carson Wentz is close to ready to go week four, maybe week five, does he get held until week six? Then he won't. It's only a second round pick. 
especially if it's a judgment call. So some interesting things coming out of this uh, overall related to Carson Wentz. And uh, I also wanted to address a few things related to Carson Wentz. First of all, uh, rest of this article, the Colts, remember I said misinformation, the Colts knew what they were going to do already. Well, the Colts met with multiple doctors, see what the process was. And all parties agreed surgery was the way to go. So it was never really a wait and see approach. That's got put out there. This is why I mean, teams aren't dumb. They know what's happening. Surgery is often the least risky thing to do, the more conservative thing to do. And that's what Carson Wentz and um, hopefully returns. But let me address a few things. I do not believe Carson Wentz is injury prone. You know, I don't like that label. If anything, I think Carson has shown to his potential own detriment to be very tough and wanting to play through injuries and perhaps then creating more injuries because of that own worst enemy stuff. I am not being critical of Carson. I'm being supportive of Carson. I know a lot of you out there, I see it on Twitter timeline. He's always hurt. He's terrible. This, that, the other can't finish the season. I don't know if that's fair. You got to understand if you go back to his injury history, uh, when he played against the Rams in the LA Coliseum, he tore his left knee ACL and LCL yet finished the run and scored and finished the run. He stayed in the game a couple plays uh, before coming out of the game with a multi-ligament injury. So there's credit to toughness right there. The initial report was only an ACL and he was pigeonholed into an early return, but it's become subsequently clear it was multi-ligament ACL and LCL, like I've been saying all along. And with that, I think that he didn't get enough credit for how quickly he recovered after that multi-ligament injury. I think he played week three. I knew he wouldn't play week one. I thought he wouldn't play till week six or longer. He played at week three. So once again, he recovered quickly. Then that year, he developed a stress fracture, a back, low back injury. And I think everyone thought he was injury prone because here he goes again didn't finish the season but that might have been because he played through the injury look my theory i don't have it in fact is that if you have a bad left knee and you aren't stepping into throws you might arch your back a little more thereby re-aggravating the stress fracture that he had previously in his career i believe in high school or something so this may be something that's pre that was pre-existing and by reports that year he toughed it out and maybe made it worse. And it probably didn't help his cause that there was the weekly will he play or won't he play. And those of you that follow me said, I said, he's not returning this season period. Yet there was the weekly Doug Peterson, will he or won't he play? And it almost gave the false impression that he was soft, not wanting to play when it was predetermined that there's no way that he could play. And I think that was bad messaging that leads to the Carson Wentz injury prone analogy here. Uh, and now with this foot issue, I mean, look, uh, it's a completely different issue. So I think it's too much to say that he's injury prone. 
Uh, he's had bad luck, no question. He's had significant injuries, no question. But there's no reason for me to call him injury prone. If anything, he's been tough. All right, so what wrap up part one of the Pro Football Doc podcast. And essentially what we're talking about is the Carson Wentz news. I don't believe with the bone excision are some of our theories were correct. He wasn't going to wait for surgery. He uh, will not be, in my opinion, ready for week one. If he tries to play week one, he won't be as mobile, won't be 100%. I think it's smarter for him to wait. Uh, I think uh, October is when Carson will return. Is it the first week of October or late October? That's the other big news that I think he's out until October, but he will be back in October. When in October, we don't know. Um, they didn't hide anything. And, uh, uh, you know, it may convert a second round pick, not a first round pick at this point in time. And no, I do not believe Carson Wentz is injury prone. If anything, I think he's tough and might be his own worst enemy. All right. So thanks for bearing with me. The first part of this pro football doc podcast, we'll take a break and we'll come back for part two, where we do a little bit of a rundown here. Thanks for watching. All right. Welcome back to the part two of the pro football doc podcast. After our break there, part one uh, was largely Carson Wentz analysis and giving you an idea of the flow of the league. And uh, since that time, since we took the quick break, new news on Carson Wentz. He is undergoing surgery. We talked about it. But now it's being performed by a local specialist, Dr. Porter. I know Dr. Porter. Nice guy. Good guy. Um, he's performing the surgery. And to me, what that means is they're really trying to speed up the timeline, get the surgery done. Like if you're flying to... Green Bay to get the surgery. You got to get on the Packers doctor's books and schedules. I'm sure he'll try and accommodate, but that's still usually a number of days. As silly as it sounds, I talked about it is not that easy to get formal in-person opinions over the weekend. You got to fly. The doctor's office is closed. Are you going to his house? Is he going in the office special? Look, these multi-million dollar athletes can get it done, but it is more of a hurdle over the weekend. And it seems like uh, what the Colts are signaling, Carson Wentz is signaling, is they know week one is in jeopardy. So you better hurry up on the timeline there in terms of uh, getting better and getting the surgery done. The excision surgery is pretty straightforward. So I'm sure that uh, the Colts doctor, local doctor will be fine. I do not anticipate that this is season ending. No, it will not turn into an Andrew Luck in retirement. I don't believe that. And go back to the first part of the Pro Football Doc podcast to hear the rest of the thoughts. But I think he's back in October. When in October is the question. Um, all right, let's keep moving on here. Um, look, I don't want to cover it too much. Delta variant. Uh, we talked about it last week, but I continue to believe that essentially all the teams will be above the 85% threshold. Bruce Arians and the Bucks have been especially strong about it and vocal, uh, close to 90% vac vaccinated by August 13th and close to 100% near the start of the season. I would be surprised if there was a team that wasn't vaccinated, more than one or two at most, 
but I think they all will be. Look, Ron Rivera, Mike Zimmer have come out very strongly about the vaccine and saying, just do it. And it's really for competitive advantage, but in Ron Rivera's case, you know, his personal health as well. And he, after his plea last week, uh, I think uh, has been encouraged with what his players are saying in taking the vaccine. I think everyone's going to get to the 85%. Will it prevent shutdowns? No, but I think everyone will get to the uh, 85% continues to be my thought. Right, wrong, or different is a different story. Let's talk about, uh, uh, before we get to Dak Prescott, we talk about uh, what happened to the Vikings. They lost uh, a bunch of their uh, quarterbacks, three of their quarterbacks. They only had one quarterback due to practicing due to the um, contact tracing and COVID testing. Look, last week we talked about, I didn't think it was that big of a deal to wear those bands. I find not having the bands. I, I don't think it's a big deal to have them or to not have them. It's pretty obvious in the building who's vaccinated because unless you're just wearing masks everywhere for fun, unless your access is restricting you're restricting your own access out of pure caution. It's a different set of rules in the building for those who are and aren't vaccinated. So you don't need a wristband to see ultimately who is or isn't vaccinated. And uh, to me, uh, some of the Vikings quarterbacks are not because otherwise they wouldn't have been pulled out due to close contacts. All right, um, let's continue on here. And by the way, uh, thanks for, uh, this, is a, this is actually my office office, not the uh, conference room slash war room in the background here. Let's talk about Dak Prescott. When this came out five days ago, Dak Prescott, mild shoulder injury day-to-day, -day, we said, well, I don't think it's day-to-day. -day. I think that it's more than day-to-day. -day. And sure enough, right now, it's coming down to being uh, maybe a little more than a week, 10 days. You heard it on Wednesday. The Hall of Fame game is on Thursday. He won't play. He won't throw. Friday will be off day. Saturday is the next target for Dak, Dak Prescott to practice and potentially throw. So that'll be a 10-day span. And so I don't think it's major. Did it have anything to do with um, his, uh, his uh, uh, ankle? Not sure. But clearly, you know, Coach that Cowboys McCarthy, Cowboys head coach said it was fatigue, clearly more than fatigue. Findings showed up on the MRI, clearly more than fatigue. Latissimus dorsi strain. He'll be fine. I'm not sure that he will practice this coming Saturday, which would be 10 days, but I think he will return this preseason and be fine. But more than they let on in the beginning, I think. And uh, let's, Dak's working hard. Let's look here, uh, actually right here. This is Dak working out after his, uh... apparently everyone's inside and he's still working out. He's running some sprints, good for him. Um, but he's still got a little hitch in his gait, right? You can tell the right side, especially as he slows down there, he's not 100%. Dak is gonna be there now. He's gonna be ready to go. Uh, you know, after the, uh, he'll be back this preseason. He'll be ready to go week one, but you know, give him a chance. I mean, hundred percent effort dedication, but I don't think he's a hundred percent yet. 
Let's go through some other players here as we do a little rundown. Here's Cortland Sutton. Take a look at him. Looks pretty good here. Um, I hope it's the brace slowing him down from his ACL. But I see a nice hard one plant cut right there on his right. But you see the little hop step. Yeah, he was going after the ball. Uh, there's a little hitch in his step too right there. Especially at the end with deceleration. So I think that uh, Cortland Sutton is coming along very nicely, but I don't think Cortland Sutton is 100% either. Remember, re recovery from any injury is not a light switch. It's not like can't do it now 100%. So uh, he's getting there too, but you know, hopefully, I think he's probably wearing the brace for practice. He probably won't in season in games, and that might actually help his mobility a little bit. In some good news, um, Caleb Farley passed the physical and uh, and uh, Caleb Farley uh, passed the physical. There was never a doubt to me that he could pass a physical. It's just with his multiple back surgery, how long he would last in the NFL. So we'll see what happens with Caleb Farley. Um, Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas, uh, interestingly enough, um, Michael Thomas, the story is now out. Sean Payton, not happy that the surgery was delayed. So it wasn't on the team positions. So like I said, the, the truth usually comes out here. I do find it interesting if he wasn't happy, why it took us so long to figure out that Sean Payton wasn't happy. I mean, Sean Payton is the czar there, right? I mean, he's in control of everything. He's not a wallflower. He's not shy. I wonder what's going on where he couldn't say to Michael Thomas or his agent, you better have the surgery now. Does this indicate that there's more things out there or more distrust? I, I don't know. But look, the story's out. He's blaming Michael Thomas saying he should have had it sooner. Uh, but there's probably still more to the story as in why he couldn't have been more forceful to get Michael Thomas to do it earlier. Maybe he was. I don't know. More to come on that one as well. Next up here, um, Joe Burrow cleared past no PUP. And here he is walking out. You know, even walking here, there's a little hitch in his gate. Joey Burrow will be ready to go week one, but may not be 100% till later on. So some cautious optimism there. And a good news here. Michael Gallup apparently is fine after this injury here. Um, what's interesting, though, is what are those townhomes and condos? Um, he's returned to practice. His minor ankle tweak is fine, which is good news. But the Cowboys with the star and all their facilities, I just found it interesting. They're practicing on this high schoolish field with short fences, et cetera, right there. But good news is he is fine. And then uh, Saquon Barkley, you know, Joe Judge says he's making a lot of strides, but there's still yet no promises that he'll be ready to start week one. And then um, let's take a little break here, talk about two more serious topics before we have some more fun and finish off this uh, podcast here. The first one is, uh, you know, a lot made of Simone Biles and her mental issues. I kind of liked what Michael Phelps said. We're human beings. Nobody's perfect. 
So yet, yes, it is okay to not be okay. I don't think we need to vilify Simone Biles. I don't think we need to make her a hero. Let's just say that she's a person that, you know, did what she needed to do. And uh, let's, you know, I kind of like what Michael Phelps said about that. You know, you guys have heard me on some mental health podcasts and awareness things and mental health is a big deal. And I wish Simone Biles well, but let's not even judge her as villain or hero. Let's just let her be Simone and, and go from there. I also wanted to bring up Corey Stringer. This last week is the 20th anniversary of his death. And there definitely is lasting impact. You know, uh, heat index, heat stroke, ice baths, they're all common and normal and should be as high school football season starts. So look, any place you play football, there should be ice tubs available, immediate cooling, wet bulb thermometers, heat index calculations made by athletic trainers. That's the legacy of Corey Stringer. And uh, we can't have another kid, certainly NFL, certainly college, but even high school, junior high, football, non-football, really can't ever have that. So 20th anniversary, Corey Stringer there. And then let's move on to some fun things here uh, or some baseball before we get on some fun. Mike Trout, Two months ago, we said it, you know, that initial 10-day injured reserve wasn't going to be enough. And, of course, it's not. Uh, he's been two months now since he's back. And, look, if you uh, could have jumped on Shohei Otani there with MVP odds, Mike, you might have gotten some uh, good value. But Mike Trout not back yet. In baseball, um, Fernando Tatis. We finally get confirmation surgery is a matter of when, not if. Kevin AC confirms that. And uh, it happened again, uh, a fifth time shoulder dislocation for Fer Fernando Tatis. Um, all different ways. The last time here, sliding into uh, third base, feet first, slide into third base right here. Trying to avoid the tag. So outstretched left shoulder and obviously dislocates his left shoulder again. Now, my whole thing here is, is uh, look, it's a tough decision for the Padres and for Tatis. Look, if you didn't shut him out down after the third time and you didn't shut him down after the fourth time, why are you shutting him down after the fifth time? I think they're going to continue to ride it out. Unless there's more damage on an MRI, unless the Padres are out of contention, or unless Tatis somehow changes his mind, look, if you were a team owner of the Padres, superstar player, the Matrix, unbelievable, $340 million lifetime contract, if hypothetically there was a 1% chance of permanent damage, would you shut him down or would you let him keep going? I think you could take either side of this argument. And there's no correct answer except in retrospect. So hopefully they continue to do the right thing. He will have surgery in the offseason. He's playing very well when he has played, but it is what it is. So hopefully he will continue to uh, make the right decision and do well. So let's talk about a couple, one other thing, and then we'll talk about the Dallas Cowboys bus story. One is blood flow restriction. Look it up. Olympians are using blood flow restriction. It's really blood flow modification. Um, click on my timeline or go to Katsu, K-A-A-T-S-U, blood flow modification. 
for recovery and training tool. I've believed in it for 10 years. Some, a lot of Olympians are adopting it right now. All right, and uh, let's go to where I promised that we talk about my mini experience on the Dallas Cowboys bus. Jane Slater said, well, I love Jerry. If Danielle's love your bus, he responds, What's, what goes on the bus stays on the bus. Uh, that's one of the reasons to love Jerry. Uh, at a combine one time, the, at the combines in Indy, the bus is always there in my experience. And uh, I did have one opportunity to go on the bus uh, we went from restaurant to restaurant with some people on the bus. Nothing bad happened on the bus, but it's a pretty nice bus. Um, not trying to tell anyone who tell on anyone who let me on the bus, et cetera. Uh, but it was a fun time. It wasn't, there wasn't anything crazy on it. Bunch of guys on the bus, but let me tell you, it's well equipped that bus. Very nice. And, uh, there are, uh, definitely some, uh, railings that you can hang on right and uh stand up and railings that you can hang on in the back of that bus that's all i'll say there we we were mellow and uh, didn't do a whole lot but that's a, certainly a very nice bus all right let's finish off with the uh, uh video of the week here and uh avert your eyes uh what happened here video crossfit athlete Avert your eyes if you don't want to see it. Uh, so it's her right elbow. It looks like her knees too, but she just collapses down. Thankfully, the weight didn't fall on her. I mean, look at all that weight. She dislocates her right elbow, is my belief. Obviously, done. long term, she'll be okay. Uh, but Boy, I think she's really lucky that she didn't, uh, you know, injure something else, you know, with the weight falling on her there. So that's our what happened here. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for watching Pro Football Doc Podcast. As the season really ramps up, lots of information every week. That's why we won't have any guests. Um, tweet at me. Lots of new things coming at profootballdoc.com. Lots of fun, new big-time announcements in terms of what we're going to do this season. And thanks for following along. Appreciate you.